All righty. All right. Well, let's jump into God's Word tonight. Ephesians chapter 4. We'll kind of jump off of there. We've been going through talking about dealing with bitterness, talking about forgiveness, and we talked about how bitterness, uh, you know, all the negativity of bitterness. And, of course, the Bible tells us here in Ephesians chapter 4, and get your fingers warmed up because we're going to do a lot of jumping around into some verses tonight. And I know I could read them to you, but I want you to follow along with me. That way you can read it while I'm reading it out loud. And so we'll start in Ephesians chapter 4 and we'll look at verse 31. The Bible says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Of course, we've talked about the dangers of bitterness, and, and we went through the book of Philemon, gave an example of how to deal with bitterness and a pattern for forgiveness. And of course, we mentioned that forgiveness is the solution to bitterness and anger in our lives. And we talked about the fact that forgiveness is a, it's a choice. We'll, mention, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, <clears throat> uh, forgiveness is, is uh, something that God requires us to do. He doesn't ask that. When you read this verse, he says, he says, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So that's our motivation. Since God has forgiven us of a debt that we could never repay, could have never thought of paying in the first place, since God has forgiven us, then we should be willing to forgive one another. And so as we think about this tonight, we want to just sort of uh, you know, this might be the last one, we'll see, but uh, we want to talk about tonight the results of forgiveness. What happens when you finally say, okay, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to obey God, do what he says, and I'm going to forgive them, whether that's a person or whether that's a situation, a group, or whatever it is. You know, some people get upset with the church, some people get upset with the individual, some people get upset with the friend, whatever that might be. Uh, for God to help us with that, what is the fruit of that? What results from us forgiving someone? And I thought about this before we jump into that. Uh, you know, let's say that uh, we choose to forgive someone. How, it, it may be a good, a good thing to do this, to sort of step back, because if we want to be right, and we'll talk about all this, if we want to be right with the Lord, if we want God to bless us, if we want to answer prayer, we want all these things in our life, then we, and we realize God says to forgive. So therefore, if I don't forgive, I'm being disobedient to God's word. So I'm going to forgive them. Uh, but it's good to sort of step back, maybe in a few days or whatever, maybe that afternoon, whatever, and just sort of evaluate that, to sort of re, uh, uh, think about that of, have I genuinely forgiven them? Because we want to make sure we have. And so I'll put this one down, number one, realizing what forgiveness is not, okay? Realizing what forgiveness is not. And some of this part here we won't spend a long time on. Some of it's a little bit of review, but uh, letter A, forgiveness is not based on a feeling, right? Uh, our forgiveness of another is not conditioned on our readiness, our desire, or our happiness to forgive. God says forgive, right? It's not a feeling, right? Because 
If you're mad and you're bitter and upset, you're not going to feel like forgiving them necessarily. It's not, uh, uh, it's not that you're, you know, well, I'm not happy about this, so when I get happy, I'll forgive them. It's not, uh, I'm not quite ready to forgive them. And we talked about that. Sometimes people, you want that person in your mind, you're thinking, I want them to suffer a little longer. So I'll withhold my forgiveness for a little while. And in all of that, we have to realize our unforgiveness is disobedience to the Lord, which brings us, let's say they've sinned against you. Well, if you refuse to forgive them, guess what? You've entered into sin your own self. And so it's not based on whether you desire to do it or not. It's not based on whether you're ready or you feel like it. God tells us to forgive them. So therefore, we have to make that choice. It's not a feeling. It's an action. And and I put this, forgiveness is a decisive action that then directs our feelings. Right? There's going to be fruit from our forgiveness. And so... Once we genuinely forgive somebody, uh, then we'll start to feel happy again. <laughs> There'll be some relief from that. We'll feel better. You'll think, man, I'm glad I, you know, I didn't feel like it in the first place, but now I feel better. And so it's a choice and a response to obey God's word, right? It's an intentional action. It's a decision that we make. And we talked about that, that God has to help us with that to be able to forgive someone. It's not within us. Letter B, forgiveness is not forgetting, okay? Now, I preach this and teach this and have preached this for years, 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 years. To sin and decisions, they are always what? Consequences, okay? And so in that, we, you remember, we said if you forgive somebody, you say, Well, if I forgive them, they're getting away with it. No. If you forgive them, what you're doing is you're taking that off of you. You're not in it anymore. Okay? And so you forgive them, and then you're leaving it up to the Lord for Him to judge them, for Him to decide the consequences. If God decides to be merciful on them, so be it. If God decides to bring about consequences and judge them, So be it. It's on him, and he will make a right decision because he's God. He's wise. He's right. Now, in that, let me ask you this. Does God forgive us? Yes, praise the Lord. Does God, when the Bible, does the Bible tell us that God will forget our iniquities? It says he'll forgive them. It says he'll forget, but in the case, he's not forgetting. He's God, right? God knows everything. What it means is he's not going to bring it back up, right? He chooses, you remember we said, it's a choice. He chooses not to bring it up again, right? So if he forgives Brother Daniel, he's not going to, Brother Daniel comes to him a week later and says, God, forgive me for this. I know I'm saved, but Lord, I've messed up today. I need your forgiveness. God's not going to say to him, I don't feel like that today. Or God's not going to ever say to him, you know what, Daniel, you did that Five years ago and four years ago and one year ago, I'm done with this. I'm not forgiving. No. God's not going to bring your past up again. Why? Because it's forgiven. But does that mean it's forgotten? 
There's always consequences in there. If somebody is a murderer and they're sentenced to life in prison, can they hear the gospel and get saved and be forgiven of their sins in prison? Absolutely. Does that mean that all of a sudden now that they're a Christian, their past is forgotten? Okay, you're a Christian now, so tomorrow you get released from prison. No. Why? Because there's consequences, right? And sometimes those consequences last a lifetime. I, I kind of use this as illustration. We've talked about marriage and different things, but you know, let's say that there was a couple, and I've seen this before, where there was a couple and they get divorced, and then later on they remarry with somebody else, and then they go to church and they get saved, and God totally changes their life. Well, they can't go back. Once that person gets saved, they're not going to wake up the next day and they're, uh, uh, they're married to the person they were with before. Some of y'all be like, praise the Lord on that now. <laughs> You're not changing the past. If you were married before and you had children and you have responsibility to those children, right? all of a sudden now that you're saved, that doesn't change at all, right? So there's always consequences or results or whatever you want to say to decisions, not necessarily just sin, but just decisions altogether. Sometimes consequences are the good thing. God brings about blessings in your life because you make the right decision. But the Bible says, whatsoever we sow, we'll also reap. Sometimes that's short-lived, sometimes that's a lifetime. But in that, we can have forgiveness and we can move on. And so in that, when you forgive someone, you can't forget, right? That's why I warn people about, uh, and I've talked to my wife before she does the, she leads the ladies' Bible study, and in that, they'll have prayer time. And there's been a lot of times over the years I've led men's prayer meetings and, and corporate prayer meetings and things. And you have to be very careful about when people start giving prayer requests or giving, you know, pray for me and this, this, and this, that they don't give too many details, right? Remember we said private things need to be dealt with privately. Public situations need to be dealt with publicly because everybody already knows, right? But, but you can't give, you know... And I, I use this as an illustration this morning if my dad's in heaven. So this is just, if I were to say, you know, pray for my dad. Last week he became a, uh, a convicted murderer and you need to. Now you might pray for him, but are you going to soon forget the fact that I just said my dad was a convicted murderer? No, why? Because you can't forget it. And so it's important that you don't have, you don't, yes, you should have people pray for you. But you don't have to share all the details of your life, okay? And we can, the Lord knows those details, and he can help in that, right? Now, if there are certain things, like, for instance, Brother Jack, he's got eye surgery. I'm like him, like he was. I want everybody in the, I can find praying for me. And I'll give him details. Pray for my eyes. You know, he, he's got glaucoma, and he's got a cat. Yeah, I need people to pray in a specific way. That's okay. But we got to understand that we don't forget. So what do we do when we forgive? We choose not to bring up that debt again. Remember we said forgiveness is a, a release of a debt, right? Um, I had this happen with me. I had some health issues about, what, three years, three years ago. And only, I think only health care can get away with what happened. I spent the night in the hospital, 
major arterial bleed out of my nose, all this craziness. Get back home, take care of me, get back home. And then about a month later, guess what came in the mail? The bill. And, and, and we have insurance where you pay it and then they reimburse you later. It's like a share thing. And so I paid all of the bill. Well, it's like after we paid everything, it was about $10,000 bill. Or excuse me, about a, a, a six, five or 6000 at that time, okay? And no, 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 take that back. $10,000 first time. And then we, I had several other issues. And as we went along, we paid the bills as we went along. I had uh, issues when we went down to Myrtle Beach when Evie was born and all different things. But up to that date, all my bills were paid. And six months later, from the first time, I went out to the mailbox, right? And I get it o- open it up, and from the very first visit that I'd already paid $10,000 on and was in the clear, de- you know, paid in full, it said, you owe $7,000. And I called them up and said, wait a minute, <laughs> I paid, I've, got, I've got a receipt that says paid in full, well, we made a mistake in that, and you owe another 7000 What? And it ended up, the insurance fought it and everything. Eventually, though, I should have called the DA on. <laughs> Eventually, they paid it. Now, if we do that to someone when in regards to forgiveness, then we really haven't forgiven them, have we? Uh, they didn't forgive my debt. They acted though as, as though I'd never paid the debt. Some people do that, don't they? There was a, a story I heard, an example, where two deacons were arguing in church and they had a big fight and they ended up arguing and wouldn't speak to each other for 10 years. And one of the men got so sick that he's, he's on his deathbed. They're telling him, you're not going to live. You'll be lucky if you live through the weekend. Most likely, you're not going to make it through the night. And the folks in the church went and they said, Brother, you got to make this right with him. You can't go see the Lord bitterness and anger like this and unforgiveness. You got to get this right. And the deacon said, Well, do you know for sure? Did they for sure say, I'm going to die? Yes, you might not even make it through the night. And he said, Well, okay, I'll forgive them, but if I make it through this, the deal's off. That's not genuine forgiveness, is it? It's choosing not to ever recall the debt. And so if you can't do that, maybe you haven't forgiven them. Uh, forgiveness is not excusing, as we said, their sin. God's going to deal with whatever sin happens, whether it's mercy and forgiveness or whether he chooses just ju- judgment. Number two, reaffirming that you have truly forgiven them. I-, I would ask you this. Look at James chapter 5 real quick. James chapter 5, I'm not hearing pages turning yet. Y'all better catch up. James chapter 5 and verse 16. Help if I'd go to James and not Hebrews, wouldn't it? James chapter 5. In verse 16 it says, uh, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. He says that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's interesting in the first part of that verse, the Bible says we are to confess our faults one to another. In other words, we admit that we all have things that are wrong in our life. 
How many of us have ever said the wrong thing? I asked this the other day. How many of us have said the wrong thing? And while you're saying it, you're thinking, I know I shouldn't be saying this, but you said it anyway. Right? None of us have arrived. We all have a sin nature. We all have our own faults and our own sins. James talks about there's some of you that are sick and you need prayer. He said, and there's some of you are sick because there's sin in your life and you need to get right with the Lord. Then you can pray. But he says, confess your faults one to another. I think that could be added into forgive one another and care for one another. James talks about in chapter 4, he says, from whence comes rumors of wars and fighting among you. How, in that, how, how can that be? How, how is that right in the world? How can that be? And you're Christians and you're fuming and fighting with one another and trying to pray and your prayers aren't answered because you're consuming it in your own lust, he says. And he says, so confess your fault. Get it right. Get everything right that you can. If you've got to deal with sin, deal with sin. If you've got to have forgiveness or repentance, deal with it. He says, and then pray for one another. I always say this. If, if you can't pray for that person, it might be that you haven't really forgiven them. Now, I'm not saying you condone their sin. It may be that you pray for them that they get their life right with the Lord. But if you say, there's no way, I'm not praying for them, forget it. It may be you haven't forgiven them in the first place. I, I thought about this. Can you defend them? Um, uh, let's see. Who can I use for an example? I'll use Willie back there. Let's say there's some kind of rift between me and him. And it'd probably be my fault because he seems like a really nice guy. Let's say there's some sort of rift between me and him and we argue it out and then we come back and we ask forgiveness and brother, I'm sorry and I shouldn't have said that and we make it right, okay? And everything seems to be good and in my mind, in my heart, I'm thinking to myself, I've forgiven him. And then <clears throat> PJ and Owen are standing in the foyer the next week and Owen says to PJ, I, I love doing this because it's totally out of character. Owen says, you know that Willie, he seemed like an all right guy, but you know, there's just a few things about him I don't like. And he goes to sort of rail on Willie a little bit. And I hear it. And now I have to make a choice, don't I? Am I going to join in? Am I going to let it go? Right? Now I said I forgave him. It's supposed to be right between me and him. Am I going to follow through with that? Or am I going to say, no, brother Owen... Listen, you know, Willie, he's a good guy. We, we should, you know, we all got issues. Let's don't talk about him like that. How about we just be, you know, let's just get along, try to serve the Lord together. You see what I'm saying? If you can't do that, or you can't at least not join in, it might be you haven't forgiven them. Because if you, if you join in, you know what, Owen, that's right. You know, just, I just had to resolve an issue with him two weeks ago, and, and now you're telling me that he's got... If you join in in all of that, guess what you just did? You went right back to step number one. Now you got bitter, You still got bitterness and anger and wrath in your heart, and you're seeking vengeance again. That got to start all over again, and we don't want that. <laughs> so it's a good gauge to know, hey, if I'm doing that, I better check my heart... Because if we don't, right, if you say, why are you, why are you concentrating on that? Well, if we don't have genuine forgiveness in our heart, then we're in disobedience to God. 
And we can't expect God to bless us and help us living in disobedience, can we? Um, <clears throat> and so you have to be willing to forgive them. You have to be willing to make it right. I think about this. You, uh, you, you have to... Uh, another question is, can you invest in them? Are you growing together? Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Just turn back to the left if you're in James there. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Uh, let me get there. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to Good works, forsaking not the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. We should be growing together. We should be encouraging one another, and forgiveness will help us to be able to do that. If there's unforgiveness in our heart, then not, we're not going to be able to grow together and serve together. Look at um, <clears throat> Romans Chapter 14, I told you we're going to do a lot of jumping around. Romans, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. <clears throat> Chapter 14. In verse 19, the Bible says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Look, turn back. Toward the end of your Bible, 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter uh, uh, 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And verse 1, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking. By the way, if we say we've forgiven someone, but we really haven't, that's pretty hypocritical there. He says, put that away so that, verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. God's goal for us as Christians is to grow and grow together, serve together and, and, and mature in the Lord. If there's unforgiveness in our life, then there's disobedience. If there's disobedience, we're not going to grow the way God wants us to grow. We're not going to be able to mature. We're not going to be able to serve together, and we should be able to serve together. Now, last thing, results of forgiveness. Forgiveness, first of all, we said, is freedom from bondage. Now, <clears throat> remember we said bitterness. So the first result is a freedom from the bondage of bitterness and all of that that's going on in our life. Right? You remember we said that... Uh, bitterness and evil and evil speaking and clamor and vengeance, all of those things are of the world. God said that shouldn't be part of a Christian's life. We know in, in Satan's case that he can't have us if we're saved, but he can certainly influence us. He can oppress us in our lives, bring about wrong things in our life. Okay, So if you choose to not forgive, you say, I'm going to be unforgiving, then you put yourself under the oppression of Satan in your life. And that's a really sad place to be, isn't it? You're not, you're not a servant of his, but he has made you not a successful or a, a, a prosperous servant as 
uh, as a Christian. He's oppressed you. He's halted your growth. But forgiveness frees you from all of that, right? Anybody ever had uh, been in a situation where there's major anxiety and stress and all of those things and bitterness and anger? All of a sudden, when you forgive, you're free from all of that. Forgiveness also does this. Uh, when you forgive, then you receive forgiveness yourself. Hebrew, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14 it says, if we forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you want to be forgiven of the Lord, you have to be forgiving, right? You can't have forgiveness, and you'll be in right, I put this one down, right fellowship with the Lord. You'll be forgiven of Him when you do wrong. What's going to happen if there's sin in your life and disobedience in your life and you go to the Lord, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need your help today. Go to the altar. Lord, forgive me. And he's going to go, hey, you don't have it right with your brother in Christ. Go get it right first. Right? You can't be wrong with somebody else and be right with the Lord, can we? Remember we said, the Bible says, if you go and you go to pray and you bring your gift to the altar and then you think... Um, uh, there's something, there's all between me and my brother, then you have to go get that right. Once you get it right, you're free from that. And then you can come back and offer up your sacrifice to the Lord and receive forgiveness your own self, right? Uh, I think part of that where James says, you have not because you ask not and you, and, and you receive not because you, you ask amiss, you ask that you might consume it in your own lust. Right? Lord, deal with them. Straighten them out. Get them right. And you're going to demand forgiveness for yourself? Doesn't work that way, does it? Let me ask you this question. All you, all you teenagers can join in with me, okay? And I found out that it doesn't matter whether you're an elementary, a teenager, or an 80-year-old, or a 90-year-old. All of, this, all of us at some point in our life have done what we're going to talk about right now. How many of you have had whoever it is that's your authority in your life? Your parent, your mom, dad, your grandparent. Who is, my mom, dad aren't around. My grandparents are Whoever it is, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, whoever says, uh, you need to clean your room today and you need to uh, 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 do your homework when you get home. Okay, and you say, you get up with, anybody ever got up with a bad attitude? I've learned that my wife now, <laughs> and no pointing at your brother or sister, <laughs> I've learned that my wife, Brother Daniel, if you could figure this out for me, nowadays, for the most part, she carries, the first thing she does for me almost every morning now, she carries me a cup of coffee. Can you explain that? <laughs> Could it be that I'm not that easy to get along with till after I have a cup of coffee? <laughs> but you get up. She says, clean your room up, do your homework, act like, be somebody. And you get up and say, I ain't doing none of that. You stomp out the door. You don't do your homework. You don't even bring it home. You leave it at school. Forget it. And you ain't about to clean your room. You come home and mess it up. And my, <laughs> he's saying, have you been to my house? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you mess up, right? Mom or dad or whoever it is comes home. Did you clean your room? No. Did you do your homework? Well, I don't even have it. 
right? So now we're in problem, problemville, right? I, I, I said this this morning, Brother George Sweet said, at that point, I would have got my backside tore up. <laughs> in other words, your mom or dad at that point ain't going to say, it's okay, honey, you wants to go get ice cream. That's probably not going to happen, right? Everybody with me on that one? So what's got to happen? Somebody's got to make it right. So let's say that you make it right. You say, you know what, Mom, I'm sorry. And you go out and you go walk back to school and you get your papers and you come home and you do your homework and you clean your room better than it's ever been and you come back to your mom and you say, I'm so sorry I acted that way. Would you forgive me? Now at that point, it could go both ways, couldn't it? No, I'm tired of your mess. I'm going to go back to your room, you know. Or mom could say, you're right. I Thank you for doing what I ask. Yes, I forget. And make it right. But forgiveness has to be made. There has to be a measure of repentance and a measure of forgiveness to have right fellowship. Everybody agree on that one? And it could go both ways. Let's say mom said, no, I'm not going to forgive you. Well, according to all that we just said, she should, right? So if she as a Christian says, no, I'm done. I'm tired of messing with you. I'm not forgiving you. Then guess what? She just became disobedient. Now we're all, everybody's in trouble, right? So what needs to happen? Then forgiveness needs to happen all the way around. And repentance. You, you don't just forgive with the thought of, I'll do it again tomorrow. You, you do it with the thought of, I shouldn't have done that in the first place. Right? Now, same thing goes for the Lord, doesn't it? We can't live our life and do what we want and be disobedient and unforgiving and attitude and then go and say, okay, Lord, I sure need your help today. What has to happen? A measure of repentance and forgiveness. And aren't you thankful tonight that the Lord doesn't say, I'm tired of messing with you. <laughs> he, he forgives us. And when that happens, we're in right fellowship with him. But until forgiveness happens in either situation, we can't be in right fellowship with the Lord, can we? You can't be in a big fight with your mom or dad or your brother or sister or your spouse or whoever and expect God to be right with you. Why is that, Pastor? Well, you're in disobedience to the Lord. How are you going to go and ask him for help when you're disobeying his word? So we've got to make it right. Well, guess what? Forgiveness brings right fellowship with the Lord. How many of you say tonight, I want to be in right fellowship with the Lord? I need his help. I need his guidance. I need his direction. It goes all both ways, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, confession time. Okay. I didn't tell the group this morning this one. You know, there's been a few times that me and Miss Heather have had an argument in our marriage. Is that shocking? Y'all were like, considering who she married, no, it's not shocking. <laughs> and I mentioned those prayer meetings, right? We would have them on Saturday morning, and me and her have a fight on Friday night. I'd have to call her up and say, because I'd go. There's a couple of times, y'all know that I can be stubborn when I want to, right? And we might not have been fighting or arguing, but we wasn't quite made up yet either. Y'all ever been there? And I went and I go to pray. I'm going to pray for the men to get there. And as soon as I went to pray, what do you think the Lord brought to my mind? 
You're going to ask me to help you? And he goes like this, hello. And there's been a few times I had to get on the phone and say, listen, I'm sorry. And she knew what I was doing. I had to get right with her before I could then go in and, and be right with the Lord and get some prayers answered or him work in my life, but also to be right with those men. How am I going to tell those men we need to pray and be loving and kind? And, and, and in the back of my mind, you know you need to get right with your, you know, it works all those ways, doesn't it? We can't, uh, we can't be feuding and fighting in the church. And I, don't, I said from the very beginning, I don't know of anything happening, okay? Do know this, if I do know of anything happening, I'll deal with it right away because I know the dangers of it, right, as your pastor. But uh, this is all prayerfully preventative maintenance. We don't want none of that going on because we want to grow and see God work. And, you know, I'm, I mentioned this, that uh, to be right with the Lord, but also to have revival in our lives. You know, I've done a lot of research on revival meetings, and, and it's not always so. You think, well, revival starts and everybody runs to the altar and begs God's forgiveness. That happens a lot of time. You know what? The main thing that usually starts a major revival, and I'd love to see a major revival. The preacher preaches, and it may be that God just works on people's heart. And then during the altar call, and I've seen that happen before, so-and-so's been in a little rift with somebody else, and during the altar call, you see them go over there and and you see them talking, and they're forgiving one another, and they start crying. And arm in arm, they go to the altar, and they pray. And this one forgives this one, and this one makes it right with this one, and this one makes it right with this one. Guess what? Then all of a sudden, they can all get right with the Lord, and then there's real revival that comes about. Guess what? Now you're free to serve with one another, and and, and, and live out a good, solid Christian life, and have a good testimony. Uh, you get a renewed prayer life. James talks about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Forgiveness brings righteousness in our life. We're right with him and right with the Lord. We have forgiveness in our life. Now we can begin to have our prayers answered. That's a good deal, isn't it? Um, I put this one down. A recovering health. You ever been in a situation where you're stressed out over something or an argument and it's bothering you? You lay down and go to bed and, and you think about it and, and you rehearse it in your mind or, or you know you got to go talk to them and you think to yourself over and over and over, you rehearse it in your mind. Well, if I say this, they're going to say this. And that. You ever done that? Your blood pressure goes up. Your anxiety goes up. You get depressed if it goes on for a while and you go get it right. And all of a sudden, there's a release sitting there. That's over. That's done. Praise the Lord, that's done. And all of a sudden, your blood pressure calms down. They've done genuine studies in the health field that forgiveness brings lower blood pressure, obviously less depression and anxiety. All of those things, less stress for sure, even a reduction in pain. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how bitterness can destroy us? Uh, you'll have restoration with a fellow believer. Uh, you'll be able to then uh, uh, serve with them. Uh, you know, I, I thought about this this morning. I thought if, if, uh, if 
if there's an issue between me and another brother or an issue between a, a two sisters in Christ, whatever, and you get to a point where <clears throat> you can't really forgive them or you refuse to do that. You could, but you refuse to do that. Guess what you might do? You might miss out on a blessing in your life and growth in your Christian life that you would have had had you forgiven them and served alongside them. You understand that you as Christians and I, I as a Christian, you have th- I have things that I offer you as a Christian in growth and you offer things to me that will help me. And if I refuse to, to serve alongside someone, then guess what? I'm going to miss out on that growth, that maturity, that help that I might have had in my life. I, I mentioned this way back a while back, and everybody was so shocked. I could tell you were shocked. Your faces, your jaws dropped open. I said, I've been in ministry a long time, and every now and then I rub somebody the wrong way, and they've gotten mad at me. And everybody went, what? We can't believe that. You know what I found out when I, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, there in the very beginning, I went from, I was a Christian, but I went from secular work to Christian service, full-time Christian service, that's a whole different world, right? If somebody's upset with you at work, you say, man, just do the job or don't have a job. You know, you're not, maybe you're not. But Christian service, you tell somebody that, they won't be back the next week. You have to learn to sort of swallow your pride. You know, I said, if you might be 99% right, but that means you're 1% wrong. And I had to go at times and just sort of swallow that. And just say to them, I'm sorry. There may have been times I was genuinely wrong. They had to to do that for me. But once we were reconciled, you know, I could look back and even name, I won't, but I could name names of people that at one time they were upset with me or there was a problem there. And we made it right. And we began to serve together. And, and, And years later, they would have been my best supporter. Man, if somebody would have been messing with me, they'd be the first one to help defend me. And I grew because of them, and I learned things from them. Guess what? If we hadn't resolved those issues, I wouldn't have been able to say that. So if we refuse to forgive, we miss out. But if we forgive them and move on, hey, we all have problems, don't we? Um, I almost said kids. I won't say kids. Young people. How's that? Is that better? Does young people sound any better? Does that mean I'm old people? Probably. I'll say this, you know, your parents, whether they're in church or not, your parents aren't perfect. Parents, let's be honest tonight. How many of us, as parents, have made mistakes? <laughs> you know what I found out? Because my kids are grown. Now we're dealing with the, uh, with the grandkids, right? Of course, I, I like to tease because... They're, they're now going through things, y'all know how that is, right? Now they're suffering the, the wrath of raising children, the things they, you know, I told Emily the other day, I said about Evie, I said Evie was pulling attitude one day, all this stuff. You say, cute little Evie, yeah. I told Emily, I said, congratulations, you are now raising an Emily. <laughs> And I can preach now on how to be a good dad and a good, you know, all this stuff because my kids are grown now. You know, about, about the time you, you have it figured out, most of the time they're already grown. You have to say, boy, I wish I'd have done this right and that right. I wish I'd have done. Uh, when it comes to Christian service, you know what? None of us are experts. 
Anybody ever had a bad day? Anybody ever said something you didn't really mean? Anybody ever been hangry and you said something? Heather used to have a <laughs> Heather used to have a magnet on the fridge that said, uh, uh, "I'm sorry for what I said when I was hungry." But she also had one that said, "Before you eat the last of the ice cream, ask yourself how much do you value your life." Know about that one. <laughs> The point is, we all make mistakes where none of us are perfect and we're all sinners. So let's just resolve to forgive one another and, and take things into account and love one another. And you know what? Just sort of let things go every now and then. You say, Pastor, we do that with you all the time. How much long? Well, as long as I'm here, y'all have to put up with me. Let's just move on and serve the Lord. You know what? Someday we'll be with the Lord and we'll all be perfect then. We'll have to worry about it. So why don't we just love one another and serve together, forget the past, you can't change it anyway, and continue to love the Lord and love one another, and God's going to help us with all those things and to avoid those things. And, and guess what? I wrote, this is the last one, we'll be rewarded with a peaceful life. Um, look at uh, uh, Romans 12, 18 real quick, and we'll, that's, we'll be about done here. Romans 12, 18. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. You know, when we offer up forgiveness and we say, I'm just going to forgive them and let it go. Not bringing it up anymore. We are by choice, pursuing a peaceful life. And God will give us that. It's good to be right with one another, isn't it? I, I used to tell this to all the girls. I, don't, I haven't told it to you girls. Y'all want to know good advice, ladies? No boyfriend, of course. You know, we're in a mixed up world. I still believe God teaches that there's a man and a woman, boys and girls. Anyway, we won't talk. Well, that's another sermon. Okay, I used to tell them this. Just be friends in high school or elementary. Remember we said wait for who God has for you, right? And here's a good motto. No boyfriend, no drama. How many say when you add in a lot of that stuff, there's a lot of drama you got to deal with? Which brings, that could apply to guys too, okay? <laughs> no girlfriend, no drama. Everybody, men, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, pursue the Lord. Seek after Him, right? Pursue a peaceful life. Don't have drama and don't be the drama. <laughs> and as much as is within us, just love one another and serve together. And God's going to give you a peaceful, joyful life that you're going to look back on and say, man, it's just good to serve the Lord. Isn't it good that God gives us all that so just so we can have a peaceable life through him? Amen. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll think about it. We'll pray about it. Maybe the Lord will have one more message on it. I don't know. There's just a lot there, isn't there, in forgiveness. But, you know, it, it may be that somebody needs to go to someone and just say, hey, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry. So why, it seems like those two words are the hardest ones ever to say, aren't they? 
But God can help us and God can give us a joyful life. And I'm glad that he gives us these things to learn so we don't just have to go through life stressed out. How do I handle this? God shows us. If we're willing, it's a choice if we're willing to follow him. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I told him this morning, and I still mean it. I, I don't know about y'all. I enjoyed this study. <laughs> There's a lot there, isn't there? And God's helped me, if nobody else, but I especially enjoyed this lesson tonight. Anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Any other requests? Anybody think so? Okay. All righty. Uh, I'm going to ask Brother Jack Henry if you would pray for us tonight and dismiss us, would you, sir?